Welcome to Nach Daily. Today we're learning Eov Parak 4. This and the following chapters are Eliphaz's first response to Eov's monologue about human suffering and denial of God's providence in this world. There are three basic parts to this chapter. One, Eliphaz maintains Eov's suffering is fair. Two, Eliphaz explains only the wicked are lost. And three, Eliphaz's prophecy, which addresses why people suffer. A quick background on who Eliphaz Hatemoni is. Most Mephorshim learned this was none other than Eliphaz, the son of Esav. The Medrash Tanchuma adds, Eliphaz became a big tzaddik because he grew up in his grandfather Yitzchak's house. He even detained Nevuah, as we'll see in the parak. By the way, this Taman is not the same one in Yemen, located in the Arabian Peninsula, but it's somewhere near the Harseir territory, which is next to the southeast of Eretz Yisrael. In the second Pasuk, Eliphaz opens his words by asking Eov for permission to counter. Eliphaz says, would you object if someone would try to have a word with you? I think there's a valuable psychological lesson over here. The closer and harder the thing you want to point out to someone, the more permission you need to garner and ask from them. I find myself asking clients in session, would you be okay if I pointed something out? This way you can share with someone what you want to say without offending them. So you shouldn't take for granted the other person wants to hear what you have to say. But when you ask for permission first and the other person consents, you now have the green light to go ahead. Eliphaz then proceeds to rebuke Eve. He tells Eve, didn't you yourself try to encourage grieving people who'd fallen in their faith? So now you're suffering and you abandon your faith? Was the entire reason you serve God because you were scared of getting punished? Meaning to say, do you no longer have a reason to have a muna in God's ways because you got punished? Eliphaz's essential argument back to Eve was, man has free will with the ability to choose his actions. Mazolos, astrology, and constellations have no influence or bearing on a person's life. Alivaz insists on Hashkacha Pratis, divine providence, and the goodness of God. Chazal actually point out, despite Alifa's being correct in his understanding of Amuna, he was wrong for speaking to Eve so harshly. They use Alifaz as a paradigm of what not to do. The Gemara in Bavo Metzia 58b brings, If your friend is suffering, you shouldn't verbally oppress him in the same way Eov's friend spoke with him. Now for the second part of the parak, Eliphaz calls upon Eov to ask if his belief is congruent with his life experience. Eliphaz says in verse 7, Zacharna mihu naki avad ve'efo yesharm nechadu. Remember, please, who's an innocent person who perished? And can you show me straight and honest people who are obliterated? Meaning to say, name one single person who ever suffered or died because he wasn't deserving of it because of his averus. And you, Eev, are neither Nucky, innocent, or Yashar, straight. God is sending you suffering because of your Averis. God is involved and God guides people's lives. There is complete Hashkacha Pratis. In this Pasuk, we also get a further understanding on why people suffer. Alifaz says, who is an innocent man who perished? Meaning, if a person suffers here in this world, he ultimately doesn't lose. Hashem sends people suffering in this world so they don't get it in the next world. This is why you can't name an innocent man who perished. Alifaz's position was, you suffer in order not to perish in the next world. Alifaz just destroyed Eov's argument because Eov held he had no Averis, therefore concluded the suffering he was experienced must be dictated by Mazolus and not God.
For the last part of the parak, Eliphaz shares his prophetic vision about why the righteous suffer. The Pesukim describe his prophetic experience which happened that night. The Yalkuchmoni points out, Hashem only reveals himself to the Gentile prophets in the nighttime. This is also going with the opinion that Eliphaz wasn't a Jew. The Chachamim say this is compared to a king who has a wife and a mistress. During the day, in public, the king is with his wife. But at night, in secrecy, when no one else is looking, the king goes to his mistress. So too Hashem gives prophecy to Amisol during the day, but only reveals himself to the nations of the world under the cover of night. In a similar vein, the Mabum goes into a lengthy explanation about how Moshe was the only prophet who experienced Nebuah through an Aspaklaria Meira clear looking glass, which was directly imprinted on the prophet's mind with great clarity. While all other prophets experienced Nebuah through an Aspaklaria She'enu Meira unclear or indirect looking glass, meaning the interpretation and clarity of the Nebuah was diminished, leaving the prophet wiggle room for interpretation. Therefore, ultimately, the question of why the righteous suffer is a mystery and is incomprehensible to the human mind. This is alluded to in the fact that Lephaz describes his Navua in a faded nighttime manner. Moshe, who experienced the highest level of Navua through an Aspakari Meira, wanted to also know why the righteous suffer, but Hashem told him it was inconceivable to understand. In verse 17, Alifa says, Ha'enosh drachecha, can man be more righteous than God? The Mabim explains, Alifa's was saying, one, due to God's sheer greatness, can a person ever really say they've repaired their debt to God? Two, can we ever really repay God for all the good he's given us? As we prefaced earlier, essentially Alifa's answers, Hashem is good, and there is a reason for human suffering. Because of God's goodness, he sends a person Yesurim. If we really knew how valuable every iota of pain we have is good, we would actually be smechen be Yesurim. The Gemara in Shabbos 55a actually says there's no suffering without sin. Without sin, we wouldn't suffer. Our suffering advances our positions in the next world. There is purpose and meaning to our suffering, it is not random. We just don't see it. I always think of someone who's a professional athlete who gets paid hundreds of millions of dollars a season to play. Sure, they need to show up early, watch what they eat, have an intense workout regimen. But do they complain? They know every time they push themselves harder, it's worth it because they're making millions. In fact, they enjoy the pain they endure in training. So too, every time we experience suffering, we're getting paid millions of dollars in the next world, advancing our soul's position for all of eternity. We just don't see that's what's really happening. If we did, our sadness would be transformed into joy. This was the exact position of Alifas, that everything is under Hashkacha Pratis, and the soul ultimately benefits in the next world. Therefore, there is a purpose and reason behind human suffering. If you're curious to know what else Alifaz has to say about why we suffer, stay tuned to the next episode of Nach Daily when Alifaz continues his rebuke in the following chapter. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.